This episode is sponsored by Anchor, the official host of Wellness and Wanderlust. Anchor is the easiest way to create your dream podcast. With Anchor, you can record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and other popular podcast apps. You can even make money from your podcast using Anchor. Anchor is your one-stop shop with everything you need to make a podcast. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to the Wellness and Wanderlust podcast. We're here to demystify wellness and help you add a little adventure to your life. Tune in for a new episode every week where we'll hear from incredible guests and talk about ways to be happier and healthier in our new normal. I'm your host, Valerie Moses. Let's get started. Hey, hey, Wellness and Wanderlust fam. Thank you so much for joining me for another great week on the podcast. I am so excited to welcome you to the show, whether you're a weekly listener or just tuning in for the very first time. So for those of you who did tune in to last week's episode on Ayurveda, I mentioned that I underwent a 10-day Ayurvedic detox program with our guest, Lillian Jacobs. As promised, I wanted to give a post-detox update for you all. I finished up day 10 of the detox program yesterday and I absolutely loved it. So out of what feels like necessity right now, I've been eating a lot more of the processed convenience type foods and Uber Eats lately. And this program required much cleaner eating over the course of the 10 days, which was very much needed after the holidays and all of the craziness that ensued at that time. I also had to incorporate other Ayurvedic practices into my routine in addition to the cleaner eating. So I did the tongue scraping, hot lemon water in the morning, special teas, dry brushing. And now that the 10 days are over, I'm noticing that I am way less bloated than usual and my junk food cravings are much more minimal. I absolutely loved it. If you're curious about Ayurveda and haven't checked out episode 68 of this show, I highly suggest you tune in and learn a little bit more about how Ayurveda can help you balance some of the imbalances in your own body. I am truly loving how I feel right now. Now today's guest is another really inspiring one. Elle de Poisson is business mentor, spiritual teacher, and host of the Sacred Roots podcast. She is also the author of two books, The Self-Healing Spiral and The Path of Femininity. In this week's episode, Elle and I talk about tapping into our divine feminine energy and how it can help us receive abundance in our lives. She shares the three feminine wounds, tips for manifestation, and practices to protect ourselves from the negative energy of others. This is something I desperately needed. It is a powerful conversation I know you're going to love. So without further ado, enough from me. Let's hear from Elle de Poisson. Hi, Elle. Thank you so much for joining us at Wellness and Wanderlust. Thank you, Valerie. I'm excited for our conversation today. Well, I am so excited to chat with you. Before we dive in, why don't you tell our listeners a little about yourself? So my name is Elie de Poisson, as you can hear from my beautiful and charming accent. (laughs) (laughs) This is my mother tongue. I come from Belgium, but I now live in Canada, in BC, beautiful British Columbia, where it's snowing a lot these days, which is beautiful because I love snow. But basically, I'm a spiritual teacher, a spiritual business mentor, an author and speaker, and energy healer. And I help women entrepreneurs really reclaim their feminine power, connect with their divine feminine energy, and birth a soul-led business from that place so that they can really have a successful business that brings effortless abundance in, all while being connected to their intuition, creativity, and having a lot of space and purpose in their business. I love that. I, th- I think that's something that all of us are looking to embody, especially we have a 
89, 90% female audience. I think so many of us are looking to really connect with that intuition and really connect with that divine feminine as well. Before we really get into a little bit more of what you do, I, I always love to know our guests' wellness journeys and kind of what led you down this path. Mm, I'm going to answer your question by telling a little story. When I was 20 years old, I had three really good friends. We were always hanging out together, really close friends, going on holidays together. We were really like the four besties. And we had a little mojo. And our mojo was, on n'est pas des filles, which means we are not girls. And so we really had this vision of girls being hysterical, too emotional, a bit stupid, clumsy, kind of useless, and always wearing too much makeup. <laughs> so thank you, patriarchy, for the brainwashing, because that's what we thought of feminine energy. What we didn't realize was that that was maybe the wounded feminine, but that there was another way to be connected to your feminine energy. Because what we meant, actually, when we said on est pas des filles, was that we wanted to be badassy, strong, powerful, ambitious, following our dreams. And we thought that that meant to be in your masculine. The truth is that, that that means that you are in your divine feminine. And so for a very long time, I just didn't think much of the feminine. I knew I had much more masculine energy and I had goals and I had things that I needed to do or that I believed I had to be doing until one point where two years ago in my business, I started to feel burnt out. And I mean, burnt out is a strong word, but I felt more tired, not as excited anymore. And I felt misaligned. So what I had been doing until then was creating a method to help women heal from trauma, because that was my own journey. And I didn't feel the calling anymore, which sounded crazy because I was like, but what's better than helping women heal from trauma, right? Mm -hmm. But it's just that my soul knew I was meant to do something more. And so I really started to learn to surrender. That was really big for me. I was like surrendering. What is that thing and how do you do that? <laughs> <laughs> and I started letting go, stop, uh, stop to control everything, to have a schedule that's super structured. These are all you know, masculine ways of functioning or wounded feminine ways of functioning. And I really started learning about the divine feminine. And I went on a journey to really heal my wounded feminine that was afraid of showing up for who she was. I was afraid of being authentic. And I really decided that 2021 was going to be the year where I was going to be embodying my divine feminine. And then I had downloads and guidance from my spirit guides that I needed to write a book about it and help other women go on that journey as well, because I had just experienced that in the past year, for sure, but in the past 15 years, I was really learning to actually let go of all that conditioning and of all that very masculine world that we live in, in order to be connected to my feminine that is much more flowy, intuitive, creative, and that actually achieves much more when she's in that state. When I am in that state of flow and intuition and creativity, I achieve much more than if I had to like plan everything and structure everything and push and hustle, etc. I think that's so interesting. And you're so right. I mean, the world that we're living in really is dominated by that masculine. And even thinking about, you know, I was kind of laughing when you said, you know, we are not girls. And mm -hmm. I think so often 
I think until recently, I think we're starting to embrace it more. But for a long time, you would see a very, you know, traditionally girly, I hate to say, woman in the workplace. And you might think, well, she's not that serious because she Mm -hmm. accessorizes or because she isn't taking on the very masculine role. Mm -hmm. But I think so often the masculine tendencies of the scheduling and the structure, and these are things that I'm very much not guilty of, but things that I embody myself. Um, but those are what are valued, I think, oftentimes in our culture. Well, think about it. When we, did we get the right to vote? I know that in France, it was in 1948. Like it's not even been 100 years since women could vote, even less since women could work. And so when suddenly we got a seat around the table and society was ready to let us vote, let us work, let us make money. We were like, okay, well, let's do our best to not disappoint anyone. Let's try to fit in. And the workplace was very, very masculine because only men were allowed to work. And so when women um, were hired in businesses and, and wanted to be praised and recognized for their genius and their work, of course, they did everything like men. And I think that we were criticizing the woman that would wear a skirt that is too short or pink nail polish or too much makeup because there was a kind of jealousy of I'm forcing myself to fit in, to follow the rules, the silent rules that society has pushed on me. How is she daring to just be herself? Mm. I can completely see that because you're so right. I think we have that envy sometimes. When somebody is truly embodying who they are and not having to necessarily hide or mask any of that, I think that is oftentimes when we feel the most maybe insecure in ourselves Mm -hmm. when we are not able to do that for ourselves. Yeah, it's just mirroring back to us the fact that we are pushing ourselves to be someone we're not completely. I mean, every time we judge someone, actually, it's just a reflection of something that we need to look at within ourselves, even if it's painful sometimes to admit it. (laughs) I completely agree. And that that certainly can be painful. It can be kind of a rude awakening sometimes, Mm -hmm. but but very helpful to recognize it and to know that. So for those who are tuning in who are maybe not as familiar with divine feminine, or maybe they're thinking of feminine and masculine in very traditional terms, can you kind of define what what those two are and why both are really important to have? Oh yeah, both are really important. I'm talking about the feminine and I'm going to explain in a second why, but the masculine is really important too. So basically we have always, we live in a world of duality and we have always known that there was yin and yang. Traditional Chinese medicine talks about that and in even yogic traditions, they talk about that. You have the feminine channel, ida and the masculine, pingala. So it's been in our ancient wisdoms forever. And the idea is that we have different energies within ourselves, different personality traits, and some are going to be more masculine and others more feminine, if you have to put them into categories. And so the masculine part of yourself, it's that part that is taking action. It's the doing, the protecting, the providing, the structuring, the goal setting, the pushing, And even within the masculine, there's a wounded and the divine sacred masculine. So, for example, the wounded masculine is going to be very competitive, could be gaslighting, aggressive, manipulative. Whereas the divine masculine, the sacred masculine, is going to be very compassionate. An amazing listener. Right now, Valérie, you're in your masculine because you're listening to me. (laughs) 
<laughs> and and you're doing this podcast and everything. And the mask, the divine masculine is very important because he anchors the feminine and helps the feminine who's much more intuitive. Feminine needs the masculine and the masculine needs the feminine because the masculine actually comes from the feminine. The feminine is yin, she's the earth and she's the birther. She gives life to the masculine. Think about it. Every man came from the womb of a woman. Mm. And the day is masculine, whereas the night is feminine. Every day starts at midnight in the middle of the night. So the masculine comes from the feminine, which is why we are talking so much about the feminine now, because we are invited to create a sacred balance between these two. We have been too much in our masculine. We need to go back to our feminine and to create sacred union between these two. But that starts by embodying our divine feminine and then call in the sacred warrior, the divine masculine, to create that sacred balance. So then what is the Divine Feminine? The Divine Feminine is that part of yourself that is intuitive, that reflects, that slows down, that daydreams, that's very connected to her desires, that's magnetic, that's very powerful as well. You have very strong boundaries. You know who you are. You're purposeful. You're very grounded. And when I say grounded, not only do I mean that you're connected to the earth and very present, you have your soul fully embodied in your body. Your soul is touching the ground and using your body as a vehicle to come and do your purpose here. And so that divine feminine part of you has then healed from the wounded feminine, which is that part of you that is afraid to show up, afraid to be fully yourself. That's been told so many times that you were too much, too emotional, too loud, too weird, too whatever it is. I think that every single woman has been told that she was too much at some point in her life. Mm -hmm. And so we have dimmed our life, our light. We have, you know, stopped being so much. But it's actually that too muchness that is part of why we're here. That too muchness that we're afraid to share with the world is part of our destiny and our purpose. And so when you start to embody your divine feminine, you really go on a journey of being aware what is your masculine and your feminine and being aware what is your wounded feminine and your divine feminine. And very consciously then starting to embody that very powerful, very potent, very aligned energy that you have within yourself. And that then activates gifts inside of you. Um, which are the gifts that I talk about in my book, The Path of Femininity. Gifts of intuition, authenticity, magnetism, surrendering, receiving, and grounding. I think that's such a great way to describe the divine masculine and the divine feminine. And so funny is you bring up the wounded masculine and how he may be competitive and gaslighting and aggressive. Mm -hmm. It really, it, it's funny because that divine masculine really is that protector and that nurturer, but we don't often, you know, you never would want a nurturer who is competing and is not listening and who is not doing all of those things. And I think so often, not to say that only men embody these and only women embody, but we do find that, you know, the valued traits among traditionally among men are not always 
those divine traits. And so I, I do think it's very interesting to be learning about both and how they do kind of, you know, how, how both of them do need to come together for us to, you know, to be a whole human. And <laughs> I can definitely relate to being told you're too much. Yeah. <laughs> We've all been told that. Or, you know, sharing the, the divine feminine is that part of you that's very intuitive and that has sometimes spiritual experiences or encounters. And then you're going to share that story and then everybody's going to mock you and then you're not going to dare to share it anymore. I, I talk about that in the book. It's, it's even called the witch wound. So the wounded feminine has these three feminine wounds. We are called the bitch wound, the whore wound, and the witch wound. And it is believed that these wounds have been passed down to us, every single woman, on a personal, individual, but also collective level, through Mary Magdalene. Because Mary Magdalene, she was called a whore, right? That's how. That's what we know about her. She was a prostitute and, you know, not good enough for the Bible. We barely consider her. But there's a whole other story about Mary Magdalene. She was actually the wife of Jesus. And a lot of uh, channeled books about Mary Magdalene actually suggest that the wedding of Cana, where Jesus transformed the water into wine, was actually their wedding. And so she was the apostle of the apostles. She was very close to Jesus, which is actually what allowed Jesus to be the leader that he became and to go through the death initiation and the, res the resurrection that we know he went through. And so when you're aware of that, you realize that, damn, Mary Magdalene was pretty powerful. She was so powerful that it scared men. And that it scared the, the council of Nicaea who created the Bible and shows all the texts for the Bible 300 years after Jesus died. They created the Bible and they very consciously decided not to talk about her so much because she was very powerful. And so the whore wound, the witch wound and the bitch wound come, come from her. And they all impact us at a karmic level, a transgenerational level and an individual level. We are all to a certain degree touched by the fact that we're afraid to be too sexy or too sensual because we're going to be risking to be called a whore. We're afraid to show our gifts, share them with the world or talk about our psychic abilities because we're going to be called a witch and burnt. That was very real, even way after Mary Magdalene. Until not so long ago, actually, if you read my book. Yeah. And then there was the bitch wound because Mary Magdalene was a very independent woman who said no to things very easily. And that really triggered men because she was not easily manipulated. And so the bitch is that part of you that is just having very strong boundaries and saying no when it's not right for her. It's the opposite of the people pleaser. But as women, we're so good at knowing what others desire and need. And we're so good at giving that to them. And sometimes we put ourselves the last on our priority list and we forget ourselves because if we say no and we put ourselves first we're afraid to be called a bitch to be criticized yeah I, that's something that i think especially you know we we see this all the time in pop culture in politics even when you have women running for office and mm -hmm. oftentimes when they're running for office if they're not being the sweet you know sweetest pie and smiling all the time you know we we're always told we need to smile more but you know she's called a bitch if she's acting exactly the same as the men and there are so many studies where they'll, they'll write something down about a leader in an organization and I can't remember what the two names were but for one group they give him a male name and then in the other group they give him a female name and 
the people who are being surveyed have to say, you know, how would you describe this leader? And so oftentimes if it's if the person has the female name, she's considered a bitch, she's considered difficult to work for, she's too pushy. And then if you have the male leader with the same exact qualities, they're going to say that he's very assertive and he gets things done. And it's yeah. so interesting to see that. And I hadn't heard of these wounds before, but it really does make sense with mm-hmm. you know the treatment that we see. Absolutely. is because we are just expecting from women to be good girls. We just want us to be good girls. And if we dare to be just ourselves, which is not always just a good girl that smiles and that's nice and that says or does what's expected of her, then uh, then we're you know treated badly or criticized for it. In the book, I, I share this story. Um, it really blew my mind when, when it happened. I was 19 years old and I was going to see my grandparents and we would go to see them every once in a while to you know, have cake and tea on Sunday afternoon. And um, my grandparents were very traditional people, pretty privileged as well. And so my grandfather was always expecting my grandmother to wear a skirt because that's what we did at the time. You can't wear pants, right? (laughs) And I remember that she was in the kitchen bringing in the cake and the tea. And she said to me, I know, my darling, I'm wearing pants today. Your grandfather is really not happy, but it's so much more comfortable. So please don't make any remarks. I was like, oh my God, you're so uncomfortable about allowing yourself to wear pants for once that you have to talk about it and look for approval because you know your husband's not happy because you're wearing pants. I was was blown away. Like my 19-year-old self was like, wait, what? Where where are we? Yeah, <laughs> where do we live in? <laughs> we were much older, of course, but then I really thought, if she's not allowing herself to wear pants whenever she wants, what else is she not doing that she would like to be doing? Mm-hmm. We've literally altered our bodies with corsets and shapewear yeah. and things like that. You know, literally moving your organs just to fit a certain ideal and to fit maybe what society has wanted at different times. Yeah. And there are still so many silent wolves that are at play today. And so I really wrote this book, The Path of Femininity, to really empower women and make them see that it is absolutely possible to live life on your own terms. And it is possible to have a business on your own terms. And you don't need to try to fit Um, a box or a picture because you think that's what you should be doing like it's really time for us to reconnect with our inner wisdom and our intuition and our capabilities to create everything that we desire and receive everything that we desire I completely agree and I do think you know as business owners as professionals in the workplace, whatever we're doing. I think so often the masculine tendencies are really what's valued. That's what we see as kind of the go-getter and what Mm -hmm. we need to embody in order to get things done. And I say that kind of in quotes, but I do think that divine feminine is so important for that. So what are your tips? How would somebody start to live in that divine feminine and how does that play into our businesses and into our roles in life? Before answering your question, I want I just wanted to add the reason why it's so, so, so important. It's also because feminine energy is money energy. And so if you have a business, and obviously you want to make money from it, you want to serve, you want to help, you want to transform the life of others for sure, but you want to be paid for it. At least I hope you're not doing it for free. 
you should be paid for your genius. But you need to be in your feminine energy in order to receive that money. Because masculine energy is giving, whereas feminine energy is receiving. Think about it when we make love, the masculine man is giving his sacred sperm and we are receiving it and then birthing from that. It's a bit cliche to use, you know, the example of a man and woman in a couple, but it can be two women and two men and, and sometimes they just change their roles. It's just a question of energy. Mm -hmm. It's just to show you that physically we are even built that way to receive. Mm -hmm. And if you're in your business and you're doing all the time and you're showing up all the time and you're doing Instagram lives and recording podcasts and writing blogs and publishing a book and you're in that go-getter energy, this is actually preventing you from signing clients because if you're always doing, you're putting your audience in the feminine receiving role. But they need an opportunity to be in their masculine, to take action and sign up to your work and pay you. So how do, how do you do that? By being you in your feminine. Energetically, you're then allowing your clients, the universe, whatever is around you to take that masculine role and to pay you. I, I think that makes a lot of sense. I mean, if we are always giving and giving, we aren't able to really receive and and to embrace that. So I, I do think that's so important. Yeah, it's, it's really important. And so I think that maybe also answers your question. You were saying, where do we start if we want to be more feminine in our business? Um, observe how good you're at receiving. How good are you at receiving compliments? How good are you at receiving opportunities? How good are you at following your intuition? The more space you have in your life, especially as feminine essence beings, women entrepreneurs, we need to have a lot of space in our businesses, in our calendar. When I used to have a schedule that was very, you know, nine to six and every 30 minute was scheduled, even though it was my own business, you know, I was still doing it in a very old fashioned way. Now, thank God it's completely changed. I have at least two to three hours in my calendar where nothing's booked. And it's just space for me to do whatever I feel like doing. But what I feel like doing can be having a nap or going for a walk. It's not working per se. And having that space that is there to allow you to move from your flow and surrender and be much more playful, this is really when you can be guided by your intuition. And it's super powerful. I love that because I do think that when we are actually listening to what our bodies need, what our minds need, then, you know, we're not taking advantage of that time in a negative way. You, you know, if you need the nap, then you're going to be more recharged when you wake up and you can do the things if that's what you know if that's also what's on the list or if you need to take a walk and get some fresh air because I, I do think that when we're outside we get so much inspiration too mm -hmm. to really make any guilt go away from taking a nap because I can already feel that some of your listeners are feeling guilty by the idea <laughs> of taking a nap in the middle of the day <laughs> it's actually by allowing yourself to take a nap that you move into your feminine energy and that you then allow your clients to sign up for your course. To give you a very concrete example, today when we are recording this, we are the 4th, 5th of January, 5th. And I am just launching this week a 21-day course to embody your divine feminine. 
And this morning I hadn't planned to work. I was just playing with my son and we went for a walk because it's super snowy here in BC. And um, I turned back to my phone and I had three people who had just purchased my course because I was in my feminine. You know, the whole cliche of people being on a beach and making money. When you know and understand the energetical principles of how um, life works, it actually makes complete sense because you're on the beach, you're slowing down, you're having fun, aka you're being in your feminine energy. And so you're allowing people to be in their masculine and to buy products from you. I think that makes a lot of sense. And I hear sometimes about the divine feminine being that that place, that that energetic place where we can actually manifest. How exactly does that work? Do you have any advice for yeah. that? Two things here that are important to understand. I'm organizing my thoughts. The first <laughs> is that the feminine is supposed to lead. Why am I saying that? It's because the feminine is connected to her desires. That part of you that's intuitive, connected to your soul, and connected to your soul desires. So if you're always in your masculine, you're going to be acting very much from your head and what you should be doing and the strategies that we've told you to apply and that you're so tired to apply because you see that they're not really working, but you don't know what else to do, so you keep doing <laughs> it. Go back in your body. Reconnect with your true desires because these desires that come from your feminine, they're aligned. They're soul-led. So, of course, they have much higher chances to manifest. That's one thing. Second thing, the feminine is the birther. She's the creatrix. So we always see the masculine as the doer and the feminine as the being, and that's definitely true. But when you just are, you also create. When you play, when you sing, when you dance, you also create. And the feminine is the birther. So actually, that sacred union between the feminine and the masculine is super important to be able to create and to birth ideas who are then going to manifest and attract to you the things that you desire. Again, the feminine energy is that receiving energy. Receiving and manifesting is basically the same word. So you're birthing it, but you're also receiving it. You're manifesting it. That's all feminine energy. And that makes a lot of sense. And I, I, I do think that's something that, you know, a lot of our listeners have been very interested in manifestation. I think especially as we're kind of coming to the beginning of a new year, we're really thinking about what do we want to bring into our lives this year and what do we want to get out of our experiences. And so to be having that space for that. And I, I do think that that time that we play and that we just take time to create without having maybe an agenda to it, mm -hmm. some of our best ideas do come. That's super important what you just said there because I'm just working now, actually, I, I think on my next book. So I'm going to give you a little spoiler here because I have observed that there are two spiritual laws that are really important if you want to manifest your desires and uh, manifest money or clients is that you need to be connected with your soul desires and then you need to be detached from them. And it sounds paradoxical because you're like, well, I want something, but then you need not to want it to allow it to happen. <laughs> <you know? laughs> but that's really the way the universe works because if you're super excited about something and you're doing everything you can for it to unfold and you're really like holding on to it 
you're actually preventing the energy from flowing naturally and from reaching its destination. And so there's a whole paradox around manifestation, but it really starts with connecting with your soul desires and then going to a place where you are so confident, you feel so safe that you realize you don't actually need that desire. And when you're in that space of fullness, that's actually when you allow it to happen because the world is a world of matching energy. And so if you feel full, if you feel complete, if you feel abundant, you're going to magnetize more abundance. So it's really hard when you're launching a business and you need clients and you need to pay the rent at the end of the month. I understand that. It, it looks perfect on paper and when I talk about it, but you know, concretely, how do we do that? I truly believe it's by working on, on healing ourselves and looking into why do I not feel safe? Why do I have this lack energy? What's the story that I've been told around money and around success and etc. and all these things I want to manifest? Maybe it's around love. Maybe you want to manifest a perfect partner. What are all these beliefs that I need to rewrite in order to actually remind myself that I am safe? Yeah, I think that second part is so important because that that really, you know, we we do think so often about, well, this is what I want. And maybe even as far as this is what I'm going to do to get there potentially. And sometimes I think that can be really helpful if it's, you know, a concrete goal and there are steps to take. But I think so often there is that magic, that that space that's a little bit more vague of how we're going to get there and how we're going to achieve that. And I, I think it can be really hard to detach from that. So that was something I was going to ask too was, and, and I think those those questions are really great about how do we, how do we detach from the things we want most in the world? Mm. I think we start with being honest with ourselves. Why do I want this? For two reasons, because if you want that thing, let's say, a six-figure business in 2022. So it's very concrete. Where does this desire come from? Is it a place of neediness or is it a place of longing and excitement? Because if you need your business to do six-figure, you're again in an energy of lack. So it is not going to manifest. But if you want it because six-figure means that you're going to help women, you're going to make a difference, you're going to empower others, you're going to help others heal, whatever your business is doing. If you really move from a place of, I'm really excited, this is my soul's work, and I just, I would do it for free if I could, but I'm being paid because I know this is how it's bringing more transformation to people, because when everything's free, people don't take it seriously. You know, it's a completely different place to, to do it from. And then usually we want something because we attach meaning to it. Mm -hmm. So I want a six-figure business because when I'm going to be making 100, 150K a year, I'm going to feel safe. I'm going to be able to breathe. I'm going to be living in a house. So what meaning are you giving to these six figures? How are you going to feel? You know, maybe it's just, I feel like I'm going to be worthy or I'm going to have proven my parents who told me I was crazy to launch a business in the middle of a pandemic that I can actually do it. Or I'm going to prove all these naysayers that I'm actually a powerful businesswoman. What is the meaning that you are attaching to that goal? Because maybe there's an easier way to get there. And maybe you could actually start feeling like that right now. Because if you already feel like you're worthy, like you are a success, 
like you did it and you're safe. It's by already feeling like that right now that you are going to be able to magnetize it to you. So being detached doesn't happen over, you know, like that, immediately mm -hmm. with your fingers. It doesn't happen overnight. It's a process and it's a healing process because it really brings you back to your deepest fears. And it's inviting you to actually realize that what you desire, you can already have it right now. And maybe the way you're thinking you could have what you desire is not the easiest way. And so by asking yourself, I want six figures because I'm making it mean that da, 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 da. how can I bring this safety, self-love, worthiness in my life right now? How can I find proof right now in my life that I am already safe? Number one, it's going to make you feel much better. Number two, it's going to make you much more magnetic. Number three, it's going to make you much more detached and so number four as a result you're actually going to be able to manifest it but now don't try to trick the whole like system because if you do all this just for the purpose of actually manifesting what you desire well that's not going to work you really have to be authentic and honest with yourself I think that makes a lot of sense and I really love what you had to say about that because I do think we we don't we don't give this enough credit sometimes, but I think there is that wound of worthiness that so many of the things we want are because we don't feel safe, because we don't feel like we're enough. And we feel that, yeah, if I make a certain amount of money, if I find somebody who loves me, if I do everything that looks good on paper rather than maybe what I truly am meant to be doing or what I would love and really enjoy doing, but if I follow a certain path, Mm -hmm. then I will be worth enough. And what they said about me as a child or what anyone said won't matter, even mm -hmm. though you, you're so right, you could feel this way now. Mm -hmm. You could feel this way now. You could find proof right now that you're safe, that you're worthy and that you're loved. But our brain is so good at focusing on all the things that are wrong and that are wrong with us and that are not okay and that we could be doing better. You know, it's, it's important to understand that the ego is always going to want more. It's always going to be looking for more. And it's always going to make you feel like you're not good enough. And when you think about the education and the school system, we've been trained to think like that. Oh, you don't have an A. Well, you only have a B. Well, you could do better. You could get an A. And if you have an A, well, maybe your parents are going to give you a bigger surprise or a bigger gift. You know, we were really praised to be at the top and to always have more and want more and excel. And our soul is also here for expansion. So we have to really tune in with ourselves and, and check if these desires really come from a place, a wounded place of I want more because I don't feel enough or I want more because I want to experience and it's fun to experience and to just do something different and to get out of the comfort zone. And the, the mind is just always going to want us to do more, which then puts us in a place of lack. And to, it's, it's always going to criticize ourselves. And it's, we really have to retrain ourselves to see how awesome we actually are. We have to look back at our life and just go through all the messages we've received. I always tell my clients to 
have this success list somewhere on their laptop or on a piece of paper. And every time they receive a compliment or a congratulations or a nice message from a peer, a partner, a client or a testimonial, I tell them to put it there so that the day that the ego kicks in and the mind is too strong and you're not in that powerful place where you can just turn it down, just go back to that list. Because when there's fact and it's written black on white that you're awesome and that people love you and that you're worthy, then your mind is going to be like, okay, I'm going to stop telling lies. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's so true. I, I catch myself all the time thinking, you know, if I don't get such and such, if I don't get this type of praise at work or the raise that I want or the number of listeners that I want on the show that maybe I'm not good enough, I'm not doing enough. And I do have to, I, I had a friend not too long ago kind of talk me through it objectively to say, you're wonderful and mm -hmm. you have done all these great things and getting X number of followers, getting X amount of money does not define who you are as a person mm -hmm. but we have been told that and taught that for so long and to circle back it really brings us to the witch wound and the three feminine wounds where we were just never feeling enough and we just had to behave a certain way and be a good girl and fit into certain boxes uh, because until not so long ago women were just believed to be baby making machines and they had to home and be beautiful and shut up you know just think about the story of my grandmother and I told you mm -hmm. so it's not surprising that still to this day even if you have a successful business that's making money and you're changing lives that you still doubt yourself and not feel good enough because it's so mm -hmm. ingrained in us and even if you've healed that it's still so present at a collective level that sometimes it can just hit you out of nowhere because mm -hmm. we're all to each other we're all energy beings and there's so much energy moving around uh you know sometimes you can just be walking around the supermarket and then feeling super sad because you're taking on someone else's energy especially mm -hmm. if you're an empath and hypersensitive and so it's really important i think to always check if our beliefs are true i love this quote that says don't believe everything you think mm -hmm. because it's so true I could not agree more. I, I had a I had a guest on the podcast not too long ago who wrote a book, Fire Your Narrator, and it was basically to say mm -hmm. that the narrator in our head is not reliable all the time. And what she's telling us is sometimes, you know, it's and, and it's funny that you mentioned, you know, the person at the grocery store and kind of absorbing the moods of other people because I am 100% that person. Mm -hmm. And I, I learned the word for that recently, um, emotional contagion. And, mm -hmm. you know, basically that other people's energies are contagious and yeah, yeah and it, it really, it really can drag you down if you're not noticing that and being mindful of that. Absolutely. And then you need to be mindful, but also have um, a spiritual practice and an energy practice to, to protect yourself actually from other people's energy. Because um, I studied energy healing for three years. So I teach that a lot to, to my uh, clients as well. Because when you get off a call with someone, sometimes you can still have the energy of your client within yourself and stay in that energy for a long time or when you go on a call with a client when I go on my call with my clients the woman entrepreneurs I work with I don't want to send them the energy of the person I talked to before so I have very high um, 
energy practice where I cleanse my energy field, I have my sacred essential oils and meditations and mantras to really protect my energy field from everything that's happening around me. And I like to use the image of, you know, we brush our teeth every morning, right? You wouldn't think going on a podcast without brushing your teeth. Even if there's no video here, it's all audio. I'm pretty sure you brushed your teeth. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Well, it's the same for your spiritual practice. You know, if you have a little bit of dust and a little bit of mud in your energy field, you're not going to show up. Mm -hmm. So you need to take care of that for yourself, but for others as well. Now, for those who maybe don't have that spiritual practice yet, or maybe they they find themselves struggling, and especially now as maybe the world is opening back up again, maybe it's not with with the variants of this disease, but not so sure. But you know, as people are starting to kind of creep back into the world, maybe, and and I noticed too, being back in the office physically, you know, you certainly pick up more energies than I did sitting at my computer. And I mean, virtually you still can, but definitely in person, I think even more so. For those of us who maybe don't have that practice in place at this point, any small steps we can take to start kind of cultivating that? Ah, well, there are a lot of different practices. Um, I share actually a lot of these practices in, in the course that I'm launching now, 21 Days to Embody Your Divine Feminine. But I think it would be great to start with cleansing yourself. So I really see this process in two different steps. First, you have to clean yourself so that you can be energetically naked. You let go of everything that doesn't serve you. And then once you're naked, you wouldn't go to the grocery store naked, right? (laughs) So then it's important to protect you and to put energetical clothes on you. So in order to cleanse yourself, you can use sage, for example, or an incense of your choice, and really just use it all around you to cleanse yourself. You can also use water. Water is also very powerful. You can set an intention in your water, either within the shower, or you can put a pot of water next to your shower, put an intention in it. If you're trained in Reiki, you can put Reiki in the water as well. And then put that water all over you, repeating your intention. For example, it could be, I release everything that doesn't serve me. I release all emotions that don't serve me. I release everything that I don't know I need to let go of, you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. I let the water cleanse me, purify me. And then once you're energetically clean and naked, you want to put on a beautiful, sexy dress. So how do you do that? Very easy way to do that is to use a little bit of essential oil. You don't even need to do it with essential oil. You can do it without. But if you have some lavender, for example, at home, that's a great one to use. And then you put both your hands on top of your head. And then you draw a huge circle all around you until you reach back your feet. And then you touch the ground and you see the circle close. Sometimes when I'm in the car and I'm rushing a bit and I go to the supermarket and I'm like, oh, wait, I forgot to do my bubble of light. I'm not going to stand in the middle of the supermarket and, you know, take out my lavender and do that big circle around me. (laughs) (laughs) I'd be kicked out, which would be, you know, exactly the witch wound. We're afraid of doing our witchy things. You can visualize it as well. You can use the power of your third eye, close your eyes for a second and really visualize that beautiful circle of light going all around you and putting you in a bubble that is going to act like a shield. 
I really love these protective practices because I think this is something that we don't realize other people are affected by it too. But anytime I share that, that I'm affected by the mood of the room or that I'm Mm -hmm. taking on the emotions of others, so many other people there as well. I think especially when we are connected maybe to the feminine, because we're Mm -hmm. holding that space, but sometimes we're, we're also taking in a little too much as well. So many people struggle with this and to have a practice in place to really be mindful of how it's affecting us and to cleanse ourselves. I I think that, I think that that can make a huge difference. I'm certainly going to try this myself. Oh, it makes a huge difference. I had one of my clients just yesterday actually messaging me about that and saying, oh, I did the cleansing and protecting practices that you talk about in your course. And uh, I felt like so high energy during the whole day. I achieved so much. I was really in a good mood. I'm like, well, yeah, no wonder. (laughs) It's not because you don't see it, but it doesn't exist. Well, I absolutely love that. I'm definitely going to be trying that and I'll let you know how it goes too. (laughs) So um, this has been amazing. And I'd love to ask you a little bit more about your books and your podcast as well. Mm -hmm. But before we do that, I have a few rapid fire questions. We ask all the guests as well that come on the show. So my first question for you, and we've, we've been talking about it quite a bit, but what would you say is your top wellness tip? My top wellness tip, cleanse yourself energetically and eat what your body is asking you for. I love that. Now, where would you say is your favorite travel destination? My favorite travel destination? Hmm. My God, I love traveling so much. Uh, (laughs) But I think the country I have preferred going to is India. India is so intense. It's really incredible, India. It's really beautiful. I've never been. Do you have any suggestions for what listeners should do or see? I went twice. I went up north and I went south. And, you know, if you have a fiery personality that likes intensity, you're going to love India. But if you don't, you're going to hate it. (laughs) Because that's what people say about India. Either you love it or you hate it. Everything is possible. You have very poor people, very rich people, Mm -hmm. very creative people, a lot of manipulation as well, a lot of darkness, a lot of spirituality. You have everything there. But I have really loved um, the Rajasthan, which is a region with all the old temples, which is more north. And then I went in the Kerala, which is south, with a lot of jungles, which is also really beautiful. That sounds beautiful. I, I have a coworker from there, and it, it was so sad when they had the monsoons a couple of years mm. ago. But I would love to go to the north and see the temples. I, I just think they're so beautiful. And I, I love learning about the religion and all of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hinduism and everything. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you were an animal, what animal would you be and why? A horse. Ooh. I absolutely love and adore horses. I think they're so magnificent, so elegant, so powerful, so wise. And horses are also used in um, hippotherapy. So it's therapy with horses because they act like mirrors with your emotions. They're like sponges. You know, you were talking about emotional contagion. Well, Mm -hmm. horses are like that. And so they really mirror back to you whatever is happening inside of you. So I love horses so much. That is amazing. I've I've been so interested in the equine therapy and and all, just how therapeutic horses are, but I didn't understand exactly the that they served as mirrors kind of to to us as well. So I, I think that is so cool. <laughs> yes. Now, if you could master a completely new skill, what would that be? Huh. 
That's a good question. I already master enough skills, Valerie. <laughs> <laughs> Completely new skill. Maybe the art of making sushis really quickly. Ooh, that sounds like a fun one. Yeah. Good payoff. <laughs> <laughs> and, and finally, what's next for you on your bucket list? I think it's writing this third book. Well, I'm very excited for that. I I think the preview that you gave us, I think it's something that we can all benefit from. Mm-hmm. And I will definitely have to have you on after that third book comes out as yeah, well. Um, yeah, no, I, th- I think that's amazing. And I think that everything you shared with us is just so powerful and something that we can all benefit from and take with us into this new year. Before mm-hmm. I let you go, can you tell our listeners a little bit about your books and about your podcast as well? Because you have a lot of really great content out there. Thank you, Valerie. So I have written two books. The first one is The Self-Healing Spiral. It's a method to help you heal from trauma with the power of self-love. And the second one is The Path of Femininity, The Six Gifts of Your Sovereignty. And they are both on Amazon, but also on Barnes and Nobles and all sorts of, of websites. You can also find them on my website, of course. And then I have a podcast, which is called the Sacred Roots Podcast. And then I also want to share with you that I have a quiz for anyone that's been interested by our conversation today. I made a very potent quiz to help you see which gifts of your feminine you already have activated inside of you. And so you can simply go to my website and you're going to see there on the right gift quiz, which is going to help you see which gifts you already have activated. Well, I cannot wait to take the quiz and I will be sure to link all of this in the show notes. And before I let you go, can you tell our listeners where on social media they can find you and connect and what your website? The best place to connect with me is on Instagram at Poisson. So E-L-E-D-E-P-O-S-S-O-N. I'm sure you're going to put the links in the show notes of this episode anyway. Or my website, Eleonore de Poisson. I'm not going to spell that. (laughs) I'm just going to send you the link. <laughs> Perfect. I'll, I'll link everything in the show notes along with the quiz because I think we all are wondering what our own feminine gifts are and your podcast as well because I think that's something that listeners, anyone that enjoys this episode is going to really enjoy your show. But I want to thank you so much for coming on and for sharing thank your you. wisdom with us. Thank you, Valerie. This was really fun. Sorry, I'm even losing my words. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Valerie. Talk to you soon. I loved chatting with Ele and learning all about her journey. The part about protecting ourselves from others' energy really resonated with me as someone who identifies as a highly sensitive person. I always feel like I pick up the mood of the room times 10, times 20 probably, and I'm definitely going to start taking on a cleansing practice of my own to help me get through those times. So if you think that this is something that you're affected by as well, you should definitely try what she suggested in our interview. I really enjoyed our conversation about the divine feminine and the receptive energy as well. I actually took the quiz on her website just to see what my own feminine gift was. And I found out that my gift is to receive and create space, which I thought was really cool. I had no idea that that's what would have come up on my quiz. So if you're curious what your own gift is, I have linked the free quiz in the show notes, along with all of the amazing resources on her Instagram page and the Sacred Roots podcast and her website. So I want to thank you all for being a part of the Wellness and Wanderlust community. If you have a topic you'd like us to explore in a future episode, I am all ears. Don't hesitate to reach out to me. You can email me at Valerie, V-A-L-E-R-I-E, at wellnessandwanderlust.net. 
or shoot me a DM on Instagram at wellness and wanderlust blog. One of the best ways you can lend your support to the show, I say this every week, but it is so true, is to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're tuning in from so that others can find the show better. It takes just a few minutes out of your day. It, it truly makes a difference. So if you find yourself tuning in from week to week, I would love to hear your thoughts. Have a fantastic day. I can't wait to see you next week.